being distracted with work, especially when there's a lot going on. Like there's a lot of pre-production that has to happen for the tour and I'm working on a new album and all this stuff. Like you have to be able to shut that off. And to be honest, I've been bad the last seven weeks. Like I've been too busy and I feel so bad for, for my girls right now. Even my wife, like I feel Mm -hmm. terrible that I've been not focused so much on, on them. And I've been way too much focused on, on the, on the tour. And I could have done a, sorry, I could have done way better um, focusing on them more. And I feel so bad because I know how hard it is at home Mm. right now. We got him into the studio, and then uh, he at first was hesitant. He's like, mm-hmm. "I don't know what this is." Yeah, you know, he's like, he's yeah. he's kind of like similar to what you were saying. It's like he's accustomed to a certain kind of interview. Sure. And then I asked him what happened during the pandemic for him, right? Because mm-hmm. we were still fresh off the pandemic. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Actually, that was the darkest days of my life. Yeah. Like, and then you got I just split up with yeah. my ex. I lost access to my kid. Wow. Living in this twelve thousand square foot mansion. I've got cars, money, jewelry. You name it. None of it mattered. Yeah. And in that moment, I realized we caught lightning in a bottle. And uh-huh. I was like, this is the series. Yeah. This is what it's going this to be. This is it. Yeah. And then Let's since see. then, you know, I think it was after the 10th episode, Air Canada contacted us and was like, we love the content. Can we get this on board? On I'm board. Like, I'm going to watch it today on my way there you to go. Ottawa. I'm going to watch that shit. That's yeah. Awesome. No, it was awesome. Crazy, I thought it was man. a scam. Did you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was just like, you know, like you get all get those cruise? emails. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> you like submit your sin number and you yeah, can get access. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, this is the only thing you got to do. It's yeah, like, crazy man. And, yeah, so yeah it's congratulations awesome. again, guys. Your five. Thank you. Five. Ooh. Don't worry, we are good. I'm, I'm, I'm not stressed. I'm not worried. I'm not <laughs> it's not my fault. I don't, <laughs> no, I don't want you. I don't want you to be worried, man. No, man, I'm not stressed. We're good. So you've done a series of these interviews. You're doing the rounds. And you've also been dubbed recently the Prince of Christmas. It's a wild thing to... What does it feel like hearing that? I'm not a prince by any means. But having that title above my head is kind of a... It's, it's, it's heavy. Sure. You know, I got some, I got some things to, to make sure I do to keep that, especially yeah. during the holidays. So first and foremost, I got to create the music to have that be appropriate for that name, Yeah. which I feel like I'm doing. Do you feel like you have to constantly live up to that? The Prince of Christmas thing? Yeah. Not not really. I just, you know what I do? I just literally, when it comes to the holidays, especially around the music, I get into the groove of just creating, doing what I do, create good music, try to create what I feel is the best type of whatever version of a cover of a holiday song, and that's pump it out. Yeah. And people just seem to enjoy it. That's that's all I can ask for, just like listen to the music, and the responses have been great, so. Nice. Yeah. So, for those who don't know the backstory of yeah. like how you got here, yeah. you've been doing this now for a decade, yeah, a little more than a decade. a decade. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's a long time in the music industry it's a long to time. still be working in it. You're right. Because we've had on a lot of musicians talk about how once they're in the music industry, it can chew them up very quickly, spit oh them gosh. out, yeah, and that's it. And then a lot of them are like, you know what? There are moments where I just don't know if I want to be here anymore. Man, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't have those moments still like 10, 10 years later, yeah. it's like, it's such a tough industry, you know? Um, but yeah, the, the backstory about how I got into the industry, um, 2012, I was going to university 
and my roommate slash best friend at the time he came across this contest uh, through Much Music, and he's like, "You should uh, is enter it. It's through the MMVAs." Oh yeah, RIP. Um, <laughs> yeah. What university did you go to? Prince Edward Island. Okay. Yeah, University of Prince Edward Island. Um, so yeah, he he had this contest come up on his Facebook or something. He's like, "You should do this." I was just during like the, the the end of the year, so I was doing exams and stuff, and I was like, I don't know, man, I don't know if I have the time, but I ended up pushing the books aside, grabbed my guitar, posted up a cover, and it got a lot of attention on on that site. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is something. Posted another cover, did extremely well, and ended up going through the rounds, like did top twenty, made the top ten, and then ended up winning the whole thing uh, nice. a couple months later. So that was like my kickstart into the industry. And with that, I met Sony Music Canada, uh, signed with them, and I've been with them actually for my whole career. Yeah. Um, yeah Great but, people over there. Yeah, yeah. All I mean, the people I've met there have been incredible. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So um, yeah, that was kind of like my entryway into the industry, yeah. you know, writing songs with professional writers. And I've been writing songs since I was 13 years old, but when you're, when you're in a professional studio recording with people who have done it for a living for years and years before you even have, it's a different feeling. It was very intimidating, but I felt like I held my own and came up with the song Kiss Goodnight, which is still to this day, get people sending me videos on social media being like, <laughs> banger, and I'm like, <laughs> shit, like, 11, that was 11 years ago, yeah. you know, so that was like my first song out um, on radio, and that kickstarted everything for me yeah so you were in university what were you studying sociology okay so what did you want to what did you want to do i was actually following a soccer dream i went to university okay. uh, on a soccer scholarship um and i was like this is this is what i want to do like music was always something for me um i'm super grateful that i had two outlets you know for growing up i had soccer and music um they're both art in my opinion like mm. you know sports and art and then obviously music is an art um, so I was following the soccer dream. I really thought I was going to make like whatever team Canada or go to Europe or something, uh, with the soccer scholarship. And then, you know, I was just doing music as a hobby. Um, and then obviously that contest came up and then Thank things, God. things changed, yeah, right? Completely different yeah, trajectory. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I was doing sociology. I wanted to do soccer. Um, do you have a hard time giving up the soccer? Yeah. I, I really like did. If you're on a scholarship, mm -hmm. you're, you're good. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was, it was hard to give up, but at the same time, like music was such a passion. It's weird now that it's flipped. Like growing up, music was my outlet. Like I was doing, I was doing soccer. You consider it as a job. Like mm -hmm. I was doing it six times a week, you know, a three, four hours a session, like just going hard at it, training, 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 training. And then when I needed to relax, I'd play music. Now, I'm doing music every <laughs> yeah. fucking day, all the time, and I play soccer to get away from it. Yeah, which is Complete important to get mm -hmm. away from. Yeah, it. and it's something active too, which also exactly, which exactly. And it's it's uh, it's weird how it how it's switched, but yeah, you need that outlet from mm -hmm. something like something you're working so hard on. You gotta step away for for a minute to reset sometimes. So that's soccer for me. That's just exercise in general too. I've heard a lot of. Uh, sports managers talk about players 
and telling them how they should find something other than the sport mm-hmm. during their downtime. Yeah. Because if they if they spend all that time in the one thing, and I think this applies to anything, if you spend all of your hours on that one thing, yeah. at some point that luster, that passion for it mm-hmm. will start to, to, to fall apart. Yeah. And, and you'll start to resent y- you'll, it. Exactly. You resent it. You'll lose the flame, right? Like, like life's all about balance, in my opinion. So if you're like, if you're tipping the scales 150% onto one thing, like chances are you're going to fall apart in other areas. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure like you're, you're well balanced all around, right? Just for your mental, physical health. And you want to be, you want to be the best version of yourself. So you can be a, the best version for others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's kind of the philosophy I live by. So it's like, you want to take care of your mental health. You want to take care of your physical health and, and the people around you will benefit from that by you doing that. Yeah. yeah. How do you balance all of that? You personally? Because it's a lot, man. right? Like it's, it's a lot, a, it's yeah. It's a whirlwind of stuff. Everyone's oh asking you're for your time. You're traveling all the time. Yeah, man. So and like, you're a dad. Yes. So, so here's here are the things. Like, here are my pillars. Like, I got my family. That's first and foremost. I got my music. Uh, I've got my individuality. I've got my spirituality, which kind of falls under the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are like the three main pillars for me. Um, and balancing it is hard. I don't have a, this is how you do it it's all trial and error for me personally. Like, you know, and, and it's not like a, Oh, set it and forget it. You have to recalibrate every, what depends what going, what's going on in your life every week, every month could be every six months if you're lucky, but always revisiting that, you know, recalibrating where you're at kind of uh, mentally and where you're putting your time and energy is so important so that you can put, the energy where the where where it's needed yeah so right now i'm on the road um on tour my family is that pillar is dropping a little mm. bit and i know like i'm going home tonight mm. for a few hours i'm coming back to toronto tomorrow but i need to get home so i can refill that pillar and be be there for my family yeah, yeah. and then i'm right back into to work mode but any chance i can get i'll go home to my family and with that being on the road, you have, you're surrounded by people, but you have alone time. So that's where, you know, I'll try to do some, uh, like spirituality stuff, like meditating or just like reflecting right in a journal or, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. just taking care of that mental health, mental mind yeah. uh, aspect of things. And, um, but yeah, like those are, those are the main things for me is just making sure that everything is taken care of. And, and it's okay if you fall off, you know, one, if you forget, if you're like spending too much time in your work and you're in the family pillar is, is, is going down and you and you're not and you don't realize that you will realize that cuz i'm sure your your significant other will will let you know sure, or maybe yeah. you'll you know feel it, you'll feel feel it, it. Yeah. and you'll be like oh shit like let's let's recalibrate right but it's always important to like be aware of that stuff how did you get into meditation actually my mom yeah, she was here or she still is uh into meditating and, and all that spirituality stuff and I never really understood it up until honestly, like recently, probably like later this or earlier this year, whereas like the benefit of like sitting in silence with your own thoughts, which is really hard to do. It's it's extremely hard to do, especially if you're stressed or, you know, you're going through something, but the, the, um, activity of letting, like feeling your thoughts and letting your thoughts go is it's, it's, it's so important to do. It's so hard to do, but if you practice it, like I'm still practicing, I'm so new at this, but I, I see and feel the benefit of it when you're just like 
when you're one with yourself and you you're feeling everything that's coming through yeah i want to go back for a moment for to sure. the, the part where you had to sort of decide soccer or music mm-hmm. if we were a fly on the wall when this was happening and you had to make the decision what would we have seen if if the fly had to make this no no. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 sorry so think back to where you were yes. when you had to decide i'm gonna pursue music full-time mm-hmm. and i'm gonna have to give up on soccer right if we were there yeah and we were watching you sort of go through the motions and, and deciding what would we have seen i i think it's for it's not that difficult it was just very exciting for me there oh, was it okay. was excitement it was like oh my god something new something that i that I'm super passionate about. Yeah. Let's let's follow this path. It actually didn't occur to me until um even up until releasing my first song that I was like, "Oh, like this can be a career choice." Like soccer was still kind of in the back of my mind up until that point. It was right. like, oh, "I can always go back to university and go, you know, continue the scholarship and continue school whatever, but let's explore this this lane here first. Um but yeah, it wasn't there wasn't like, "Oh, I don't know." this that so was an immediate, immediately yeah. no but as music continued i was like okay like you know maybe it is time to like put the boots away and put the gloves away i was a keeper so put the gloves okay. away too um and Good uh decision. yeah <laughs> yeah we're crazy though yeah. like keepers are crazy yeah. um you have to be <laughs> you have to be right yeah so yeah up up until that point when music started coming i was like oh this is so exciting but then you know it started becoming real where it's like okay i guess soccer is not gonna happen and I was I was just honestly too busy to even really reflect on the fact that I was giving up this this the main dream, right? Um, this was probably the most reflection I've ever had in the last ten years of like, oh shit, I gave that up. But I tried giving it up fully, like even doing music even five years ago. I was like, okay, like I'm going into do music. That's it. No, I still need to kick around like once a week at yeah. least. So yeah. it's a it's a healthy outlet. Yeah. Like yeah. if nothing else, it's it's like going to the gym. Yeah. Except yeah. you're doing something that you wanted to pursue passionately yes. at one point. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. How do you balance fatherhood and being on the road? Yeah. And other people demanding your attention? Because it's not asking at this point. People demand your attention. Yeah. Right? Whether it's your fans, whether it's mm-hmm. guys like us asking you to come into a studio <laughs> and spend an hour with us, which we're grateful for. Oh, but, man, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. But it's also the, the component of... You, every decision you make ultimately and correct me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. is a I'm either going to contribute an hour here which means one hour less with my family mm-hmm. and the way you've described it is this is so important to you yeah how are you balancing that I don't know I really don't yeah, know honestly yeah. like you just have to try to try to do your best when you're when you're at home with your kids is specifically about fatherhood like you have to be able to separate that work and and being there for your children like um i've seen this now like my daughter she'll be three in december and with our the new edition uh of a seven week old at home you can tell (laughs) yeah to the team right yeah Yeah. signed signed the contract yeah Yeah. (laughs) um no like lila yeah lila's seven weeks old and everly she'll be three in december and and the past seven weeks have been so hard with with the kids like everly has been like de- demanding more attention right and you have to be able to give it to her right mm-hmm. and uh being distracted with work especially when there's a lot going on like there's a lot of 
pre-production that has to happen for the tour and I'm working on a new album and all this stuff. Like you have to be able to shut that off. And to be honest, I've been bad the last seven weeks. Like I've been too busy and I feel so bad for, for my girls right now. Even my wife, like I feel Mm -hmm. terrible that I've been not focused so much on, on them. And I've been way too much focused on, on the, on the tour. And I could have done a, sorry, I could have done way better um, focusing on them more. And I feel so bad because I know how hard it is at home mm. right now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> don't, don't be sorry at all. Yeah. You get to go home soon. So yeah. that's going to be, it looks like you're very excited for it, so which is good, right? You I am, just yeah. Just make the most of the time. And obviously, the wife's going to be understanding, right? So she knows. She's, she's like, the reason I'm here is because she's at home with the mm-hmm. kids, right? I wouldn't be able to do this without her. There's you a know? sacrifice. That it's she's a, it's a huge sacrifice. Yeah. And, and, and she knows, she knows that I'm so thankful. Right. But, um, you know, she definitely has given up a lot for me to be able to do this. So, yeah. How has father changed you as an artist? <sighs> so many ways. I, I think first off it changed me as a person, mm-hmm. which in turn, changed my artistry i think those are those are the the connecting dots like the more experience you have the more knowledge you consume it changes you as a person and that could only change the way you create art Mm -hmm. so when my daughter was born in 2020 my eyes just like opened and you know it's true they say like you're going you're going through childhood again through your your kids eyes yeah. and you're experiencing all the firsts again and it's just like you know we were talking earlier about uh, a, a previous uh, person on the podcast who who like nothing really matters yeah. besides your family and it's like it's so true I, I think you know 50 years down the road what's going to matter like who's going to be at the dinner table you know mm-hmm. or you know what like what does that look like on the ho- during the holidays let's even say or during whatever family gathering who's going <coughs> to be at that table you know yeah and it's so like when i think there i'm like oh my gosh like my wife my two girls maybe three i don't know like if we're gonna have more <laughs> do you want to have more kids <sighs> like with that scenario in mind yes but when i'm in it like i'm in it now yeah. and it's so hard and i'm like i can't do that right now so ask me again in three months. <laughs> we'll see where we're at. How yeah. did how did it feel going? Like you said, your your what was sorry? What was your first daughter's name? Everly. Everly. Yeah. So in 2020, she yeah. was born. Yes. 2020 was a weird year. Yeah, sure was. Right. So for for you to like, what was 20? Let's start there. What was 2020 like for you? Because I'm, you also then have a kid. Yeah. Right. And yeah. The world's changing. It, it it was a weird year, but in all honesty, and I don't want to sound insensitive because I know everybody has been through a tough time, but 2020 was actually a, a really good year because I was at home and we had our baby and I was there for the first, the entire first year, year and a half of her life to like be a father, learn how to be a better husband and just like take care of the family kind of thing like obviously with music I wasn't doing live shows or anything but I just got creative and you know did some TikTok stuff and I wrote some new music so but I was at home you know I was at home pretty much 24-7 just like everyone else and I was able to like be there fully for them so it was it was good in that regard but obviously in the music space it was a challenge sure yeah 
did you think that you were going to be able to continue your music career? I mean, yeah, I, it was like an unknown thing. But at that point, I didn't even think about, oh, my God, the, the career is going to end. Like, did not think that once. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, you know, you, you put your head down and you're like, okay, can't go outside, can't play live shows. Like, what can I do? The internet is an amazing thing. You know, mm-hmm. you you can reach so many people. So that's when I dove into TikTok. And that's when that's when Love You Still, my song Love You Still, blew up. Um, Because I was just at home creating content. It's a great song. One of my favorites. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So what lessons have you learned from that time that you might still be carrying with you today? It's a good question. Yeah. I think I did a lot of... That's when I started um, journaling um, and just getting thoughts on paper, which was important. And just like reflecting on day-to-day activities and and that gratitude thing. Like, you know, when you, you say you're thankful for three things that happened during the day. Um, you know, the, I think the, the biggest thing was probably shifting, shifting how you think in terms of like your self-talk and like being positive. And because it's so hard when, when you can't do anything, mm. like you're going to be like, Oh my God, this is, this is terrible. This is negative. This is a negative thought, negative, negative, negative. So just changing that self-talk and being like, Oh, something positive happened today mm. or I'm positive in this way or whatever. It just like, makes a big difference in in terms of how you live your day so any advice just just overall advice yeah (laughs) (laughs) um any any advice for new fathers because i think there's a lot of fathers out there that yeah you know you articulated it so well trial and error you're kind of learning it as you go yeah man i yeah there's a weight on a lot of shoulders out there Mm -hmm. a lot of guys have talked about this openly how it's like i don't know if i'm a good father or if i'm a bad father sometimes i wonder if i'm screwing my kid up type of Of thing of course i yeah i think i think that as well you know like there's our moments where i'm like did does that decision the wrong decision or maybe i should have researched this to make sure that was better whatever right i think the advice i would give for like a brand new father and something that I wish someone told me is that when your child is born society tells you that you have to fall in love right away you're gonna that's that's it like I love this child that's true to a certain extent but just like how you and I don't really know each other the guilt that you feel when you like look at your child and you're like oh like this is a it's a new baby like you love it in a in a weird way but at the same time, you don't know that person. It's a, it's a mm. human being, right? So don't feel guilty if you're not immediately attached to that person. You will be. Don't get me wrong. You will be. It's going to be a beautiful moment when you see your baby for the first time. But you're going to get to know your baby. Like my, like Everly, my three-year-old, I love her now more than ever. But like we have bonded over the years to get to that point. Mm. Um, and same thing with Lila. Like you look at her, you're like, oh my God, sweetness. But who are you? Like, who are you? And what are you going to become? Like, let's get to know each other. So you just have to spend that time with them and grow with them and get comfortable with them. And it's a trust. It's a loyalty. It's like a whole, it's a, a different person, right? It's a whole different human being. So that's what I've done. That's my advice. Yeah. That's incredible. I've never, yeah. I've never heard it described that way before. It's, it's a weird feeling, man. And I've talked to other fathers about this as well. So I'm not like just shooting this out of thin air. Like this is, <laughs> this is a real feeling that's yeah. going on. Yeah. It would kind of be like postpartum, I guess, but they do talk about a lot more for women, right? Not really yeah. for men because yeah. 
I would understand that too. It's like you still don't know this child. That's true. Yeah, yeah you really don't. Um, there is like, yeah, I guess we don't talk about postpartum in men because let's let's be real though. The women go through a hell of a lot more. 100%. A hell of a lot more than we do. Um, but yeah, there is a certain extent of postpartum in, in, a, in a man, like, like going through, especially if it's like your first child, mm. right? All the new the new everything the new yeah. rebalance recalibration right the whole thing it's uh it's stressful right for a man especially you know if if you're the provider or you want to feel that way i just think naturally i yeah. think the man just wants to provide for their family right and be um, protective and be protective exactly yeah. so there's that added stress and that added like load of uh of that mental capacity that takes up your brain um you want to make sure your wife is okay or your partner is okay going through their postpartum experience right so there's a there's a lot of things that weigh heavily on a man but you know we're taught to suck it up aren't we we're taught to just get through it you know man just, up. yeah man up right yep. but you know it's important to talk about and uh doesn't make you less of a man it does not make you less of a man absolutely not yeah yeah and i think that's the thing that a lot of guys struggle with mm-hmm. is in those moments they they bottle it all up yeah. and then eventually that'll boil to the surface and it will come out Tipping in very point. negative ways. Yep. Yep. Sometimes violence, sometimes yep. self-harm, sometimes, you know, verbal sure. abuse, emotional abuse. Like we've seen it all. We've heard it all. Everything, man. And, but catching that stuff is really in being, in being self-aware is very important in those times when you're trying, when you bottle it up, noticing you're bottling up, or if you can't at that point, notice it when it gets to a point where you're like, that was wrong. Yeah. I need to do something about this and take it seriously you know yeah were you always like that were you always self-aware that when something happens i need to work on it not not as self-aware as it should be like i've there were moments where i've done stupid things right Mm. um obviously not harmful things to my family at all um but like said stupid things and and you're just like in the moment right in the heat of the moment and you go two days by this is a long time ago too like and you won't be like yeah i I fucking said that because i wanted to and whatever that's not being self-aware at all that's being young and naive but you learn right you learn um now it's like yeah you have to be in the moment and actually there's this quote and i can't remember who it's by but it's something that i live by when it when there's conflict in the house there's a stimulus before oh shit what is it now i'm blanking on it there's a stimulus before response basically saying that for every action you have the choice on how you react Mm -hmm. there's a gap oh here there's a gap between stimulus and response okay there's a gap between stimulus and response yep which is like so true how do you how do you lengthen that gap because a lot of guys are quick to exactly you just have to you just have to realize it right you take your breath like if you were to say to me like whatever fuck you i don't like your face you know (laughs) keep it very simple i'm not gonna lash right back at you right Right. because there's that gap right Right. how do you lengthen that i'm not sure i think that's being the self-aware part Mm -hmm. maybe meditation meditation maybe practicing the the stillness and the calmness you know and the like it shouldn't stress you out just because you say that to me doesn't mean it's true right right and it's also like dealing with negative feedback or negative yep. commentary on your social and all that exactly stuff. Yeah. right so you that means that that whole thing there's a gap between stimulus and responses like you get to decide 
what it is that you're going to respond and how you're going to feel just because you're saying something you're not telling me how to how to feel a certain way you said that to me you said words to me but i'm going to decide how that makes me feel yeah so we had uh director x on the pod oh love him yeah well he talks about that very thing the that same gap Mm -hmm. he talks about how the moment between when something happens and when you respond um, all happens in your prefrontal cortex. Sure does. And the length of time between that trigger moment is what can decide between saying, you know what, I'm not going to respond mm-hmm. or reacting in such a negative, violent way that you either change someone else's life or change your own life in the process. Yes. Like severely and yes. seriously. Yes. And he talks about meditation quite often and yeah. how that's helped him and how he preaches meditation as a... Uh, a method for younger adults mm-hmm. if they can learn that then that they're not as quick to to yep. jump to something absolutely i think you nailed it with that like yeah. very true it's that primitive state of like fight or flight right yeah. mm-hmm. just being aware of that and and letting it go really <laughs> it's, it's very rarely do you have to fight back yeah, yeah. I mean, oftentimes we're not in a position where someone's coming up to us physically threatening no. to do something. To not you, right? this it's, day and age, yeah. No. yeah. Especially as you get older too. And it's yeah. just, first of all, it's just not worth it. No, not at all. Right? Like, not at all. Like financially, physically, now like, yeah. you, you can get a fight, you fall, you could you know, hit. No, I know. We're getting too old for this shit. It's just too much. It's just too much. You know, miss work and, no. you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, man, yeah. It's weird to see I feel like, like it's kind of bad for people who are still so quick to the trigger and so hot-headed because it's Man. that means you have so much to work on and it's it's hard to even just imagine to be to flip the switch that easily. Yeah, it's hard. You you know what you know what happens like a lot of the times when I'm uh, I live in Ottawa now and it's so funny. There's a lot of bike lanes there. And I'm sure it's the same here. I think you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, uh, I had, I was doing, I'm building a, building a studio in my backyard and I had a contractor come, come through and there's a bike lane near my house and he stopped for five minutes max. There's a bicycle cyclist coming down the lane and I'm out there like greeting the contractor. The cyclist like slows down and he's like, you know, this is not a parking spot, right? And he didn't know like why we were there, what we were doing. Like, and we're like, we're gonna be five minutes, man. Like, like just him making that comment when, like, honestly, he could just go around, yeah. no problem. Doesn't need to make any contact. Like, those are the types of people. Like, breathe, just mm-hmm. breathe, man. Yeah. It's all gonna be okay. Like, it's not worth it, you know. And I feel like that's a simple scenario, but if we can just take that lesson for for an example and and breathe like yeah. breathe if something's like something like that bothers you that much there's something else going on yeah. that we should dig into or that you should dig into or whatever there's something else oh absolutely yeah. i remember so there's this one time i was on the highway here in toronto and a guy was driving behind me in a truck and he just kept flashing his high beams at me man and I'm like, you know what? Like, if you want to pass me, so I move over to the lane. He yeah. moves behind me again, flashes his high beams. I'm like, I don't know what, what the deal is here. I'm, I'm not going slow or whatever. Mm. So I move back into the right lane. He comes up beside me and he starts screaming something, right? So I just look at him and I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I veer off. This guy chases me. No way. Chases me. I'm trying to get off the highway. He yeah. tries to corner me. What? Like he felt very, um, wait until you find out why. 
And then finally, I somehow managed to like avoid him. I get into another another street. Mm-hmm. I'm at a light. There's like six or seven cars behind me. This guy comes, knocks on my window. Like no. he followed me, got out of his Are truck. Are you serious? He came out and he started yelling. He's like, "I was actually just trying to help you. Your headlights, one of your headlights wasn't was flickering." And instead of like telling me like to to, to fuck off or whatever, you could have just showed up. Like you could have just listened to me. I'm like. Dude, I'm on a highway. I'm right. driving a hundred. Right. You want me to have a full conversation with you? Like, I appreciate the good oh Samaritan. God. I was not approach, expecting that at <laughs> no, all. No, right. Like, it actually came from a good place, but oh, the man. way he reacted was just very aggressive, and mm. he felt so well, the high like, beams, um, yeah. the high beams, but also the, the the point of like physically cutting off my car right. from moving. Yeah, that like, would that's this guy's having a bad day. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh and, my yeah. gosh, man. So the, there's the the quick to tr- the quick to trigger thing is a is a really big thing. Yeah. I think guys often do that very quickly yeah no I, yeah that's true and we struggle with it too right yeah. like we're 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 taught that anger uh physical intimidation it's dominance dominance like it's, yeah. loud voice all of that yeah. somehow when you assert your dominance you're good yeah yeah anything not that and you're seen as weak mm-hmm. right and i think right. that's such a a dangerous thing yeah for a lot it's of old school out there. i it's think old that's school, old school yeah. it's super old school yeah primitive yeah it is it really yeah, is Yeah, so. a good word yeah do you get criticized at all for for showing vulnerability for talking about these things i, I haven't uh, i haven't seen any criticisms yet maybe people behind the scenes but like front facing on social media like not too much at all yeah yeah okay so then i want to ask you a question mm-hmm. we had uh jp Sachs on and he said he gets celebrated for his vulnerability because he's got a platform for it nice but he also understands that there are people out there who, when they try to express their vulnerability, there isn't going to be a lineup of fans mm-hmm. commenting, hey, this is really great. I'm right. happy that you're sharing something like right. this. In fact, they they tend to get criticized. Mm. What would you, what advice could you potentially share with people who are trying to express themselves more, but are afraid of doing so because of fear of the criticism on social media specifically on social media even to their families and their relationships because it it's hard to do that yeah and the first time you do it you feel liberated as a man i remember the very first time i finally was like i'm not feeling great right and i need to talk to somebody about this and then i talked to somebody and i was like this is what i've been missing yes this whole time yeah i think well i think you just nailed it i think it's just doing it like mm-hmm. getting over that that fear of I guess the fear would be like if if you do get criticism, you're gonna feel embarrassed, mm-hmm. right? I'm I'm trying to think of like a family scenario, like like yourself. You you weren't feeling great. You went yeah. and talked to someone, someone that you trust. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. So if you have someone that you trust, chances are they won't criticize you. Mm-hmm. So that would be a good place to start. You know. Yeah. Um, in terms of social media, that is a scary thing. It's a that dangerous is place that's a dangerous place to do to yeah. do that i would open up more in like my friend circle and my family before i went and posted on social media uh my vulnerability until i was comfortable with the situation where i knew i've already had the conversations with my family and or whoever i needed to talk to about whatever i'm going through and then brought like posting it on social media to like say hey this is what i'm going through you know, this is how I'm healing or whatever. Um, then doing the opposite because mm-hmm. then you open yourself up and you won't feel good about it. If you have that support system to back you up, the criticism should not matter. It, it shouldn't matter anyway, really. Like just because someone says something online, again, going back to 
gap between stimulus and response. If someone yeah. says, well, that's dumb, you know, whatever you post, <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah. That's what you think. Like, this is my reality. I'm going through it, and here's what I'm doing to get better. So you're clearly not doing that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Is there, is the music industry more, does the music industry reward or support artists expressing that kind of vulnerability? Absolutely. At least my experience with my label. Okay. They set up, this is incredible what they've done, Sony Music Canada. I think Sony Music Global. As an artist, you don't get like uh, benefits, right? As a like an employer at a hospital or, or a bank or whatever, you, they all get benefits. Yeah. But as a self-employed artist, you don't get that stuff. The Sony Music Sony Music has set up a program for their artists to uh, get set up with therapists nice. for mental health across the board. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's That's it's incredible. one of the most incredible uh, mental health, like taking a step towards mental health and healing that in, in the process mm. I've ever seen. And it's been like two or three years now since they've done that. Um, and like that's the best thing they could have done for their artists because the music industry is such a such a tough world mentally. You know, you know, going back to one of the first comments I made uh, on the podcast here is like I still feel to this day like giving up sometimes in this career. Um, and it's just a mental game at that point, right? So them doing that shows me how much they care about their artists, which is amazing. You don't get that a lot. Yeah. When was the last time you thought about giving up? It was actually not too far away. I want to say like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was, but sometimes I just get so overwhelmed. It was probably with uh, with the, with Lila, the newborn, mm-hmm. planning the tour, just the postpartum, all, all, the, all that stuff. And the studio build in my backyard was, was taking like forever to no one's fault. It was just like waiting on materials at that point. And it fell into like when the, when Lila was born and, and a time where I should have been there for my family. And there was so much going on where I was just like, this isn't even like, this is shit. And mm. I want to give up and nothing was going right. You know, I felt like that, but it's still here. Happy you didn't. Still here. <laughs> yeah. how, do you, how do you maneuver that thought process knowing that this is your career and that you are doing very well and it's promising? Mm-hmm. And this other world, which is your main world, the main pillar, mm-hmm. and the balancing between is not going the way you want to do, and you want to quit, but you know you don't. That whole process. How do you? Is it just through journaling, through meditation? Is there another process you like to do? Yes, both of those journaling, meditation, and time. Time is like uh, on your side, really. Um, and my wife, she's amazing at pulling me out of these these ruts that I get into, you know, time after time. You know, she's really, she's a really great listener, and she'll bring you out of any kind of mood. Um, so, she's she's definitely a hero of mine for like doing that. Um, but again, like you just gotta. I don't have one answer to be like this is when you're feeling this way. This is how you get out. It's like the the meditation will help, exercise will help. You know, just f- making sure that you're aware of your feelings. Okay, I'm feeling this way there it is let's let it go um sometimes you just have to sit with it yeah exactly yeah. that's that's literally it like that's why i said time time let is it like play itself out yep. yeah yeah and then just 
let it run its course, mm-hmm. kind of like the, you know a, a flu or a bug or yeah, whatever. Yeah, essentially, and, and just essentially, use some medication, and that yeah. medication could be the meditation, it Medi- could be yeah. journaling, like you said, and then mm-hmm. let it run its course, and then you feel better afterwards. But I feel like that builds a, a mental slash emotional callus that you can then. Mm-hmm. The next time that happens, you're better equipped. Yeah. And the time after that, you're better you re- equipped. You realize again. it more, right? Yeah. Like you're like, oh, I feel it coming on or whatever. Like, and it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm gonna sit down and meditate or I'm gonna journal, whatever, whatever. You could just go for a walk too. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's like one of those like quick things that I needed that. I needed that ten minutes outside in the fresh air, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Walk on the treadmill or just something small, right? Um, but then sometimes it is like, <laughs> you know, I need to journal for a yeah. good 30 minutes and yeah. get thing, everything down on paper. So you just got to try, try things. What's your circle of friends like? Man, this one is, this has actually never come up before. So I'm glad you asked. Um, so I grew up in Vancouver, British Columbia. My best friends are there. They still are. I don't talk to them very often, but when we do, it's just like old times. Like nothing's changed. That's how best friends are, though. That's how best friends are. You That's don't how you need know. to talk every you day. You don't need to talk every day. Um, I went to school, university in PEI, developed amazing relationships. My best man uh, was there. Like mm-hmm. that's where we met. Or we met actually in high school, but he lived. Anyway, long story. Best friend is there. A <laughs> um, couple other best friends from, from university moved to Toronto. For 10 years and within that 10 years you know got into the industry made a lot of friends within the within the industry um a couple of good friends uh from university moved to toronto so we were hanging out a lot and throughout this time obviously my wife is from ottawa so got acquainted to her circle of friends so my friends are literally everywhere but my best friends are still in bc mm. and that sucks for me like I don't have that someone that I grew up with in my hometown like it's hard to like go through the motions of someone that that you've just met or you spent whatever seven years with versus someone that's been there your entire life knows like all your childhood histories and your traumas and what you went through um going through all those experiences like it's it's tough not having them here and I only see them probably like once or twice a year if that Mm. and for like a day at a time what would you say to them if you could right now i think it's this guy (laughs) i love you guys so much and i'm sorry i don't reach out more i wish we were in the same city um i'll see you when i see you i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's a having a, a close circle of friends that you can rely on that you don't have to talk to every day that understand that you're out doing your thing and that are happy for you yeah going out and doing your thing and will support you and motivate you and pull you up when you're feeling down and keep you humble when your ego is too high and <laughs> oh, all they, those oh my gosh they do yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's important <laughs> and it's important to keep that circle especially yes. as you know i can imagine as an artist as you grow a fan base and as you grow the number of people around you who are constantly feeding you you know like hey this yeah. is how great you are this is how great you are that sometimes you need someone to be like hey tyler mm-hmm you're you're still Tyler. Yeah. Like, don't forget that. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And we've had a lot of artists yeah. talk about that need for that reminder from time to time. Because sure. as much as there's the one side of the spectrum where it's like, 
you know, imposter syndrome. It's mm-hmm. hard to like feel like I'm worth anything. On the other side, it, when it gets to your head, mm-hmm. it's like you also need to, to to find that middle. Yeah, yeah. I I I feel like I'm more on like the am I worth anything side more than anything. I don't feel like I've ever gotten to the point where I'm like, oh my god, like look at me, whatever. Right. Like I've been raised well. You know, Mama did well. My grandparents did well um, raising me. So they they definitely were like no you you act the way like proper don't be an ass don't be don't be (laughs) stupid you know my grandfather actually was really big on that like be a gentleman he taught me how to be like a gentleman he taught me how to tie to tie like all these things he does toastmasters you know all that stuff so yeah yeah, that summer out in saskatchewan on on his farm did me (laughs) did me good um yeah i don't know where i was going with that i have another question if i sure yes You, you didn't mention a dad or your dad yeah can I ask how come? Yeah, for sure. Um, my parents got divorced when I was three years old. Okay. And, uh, you know, we would do the weekend thing to my dad's house. And then eventually it just it just kind of tapered off. Like when I was, I don't know, like nine or ten, we just like didn't go. So me and my older brother, that's what I'm saying, we, we didn't go as often. Um, you know, he didn't live too far. It was like 45 minutes away from where, where I was living with my mom. And, uh, I feel bad cause my dad and I were in a good spot right now, but I'll tell the story anyway. Cause it's, it's, it's a story. There was a point in time. Uh, I don't know if he was going through something. Uh, I was definitely going through stuff like uh, as a teenager, I was grade nine. So many emotions at that sure. point, you know, emotions, hormones, absolutely yeah. changes. Right. And I remember calling him up um i'm gonna pause there i'm gonna do a little backstory shaw uh my last name shaw is actually adopted from my stepdad okay my my that's my legal name now but my name before was actually just ip okay it's tyler ip and the last name thing for my dad is a huge thing Mm -hmm. so before a talent show that i did in grade nine I called up my dad because I invited him to the show and I was like, maybe I should give him a heads up about this. Hey dad, just let you know, when they introduce me to go on stage, they'll probably say Tyler Shaw and not Tyler Ip. Mm-hmm. That did not go well. That did not go well at all. That phone call will be a phone call I'll never forget because it was so heartbreaking. He just lost his mind about that. And we didn't talk for my entire like high school life up until I got the scholarship to go to UPI. I called him up. I said, I'm leaving. I don't know if I'll be back or when I'll be back. Do you want to grab some dim sum? (laughs) (laughs) So he said, yeah. And honestly, ever since that dim sum and me leaving, we've been every year has been getting better and better and better and better and better. I don't, I've never had a conversation about, that phone call with him. I don't know if I ever will, but do you want to, do I want to, I don't know what would come with it. Honestly, like I've, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I've reflected on it. I'm, I'm over it. You've done your part. I've done my part. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I need to know his story. Mm-hmm. Maybe I want to know, but I don't need to know, mm-hmm. you know, um, I've told him, I, you know, I love, I love him. Um, which is something like growing up, we just never, never really did. At least I don't remember doing that. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I tell him that I love him and, and, uh, he hasn't said it back, but I think it's a, it's also like an Asian culture thing. They don't really say old, that too old, much. It's older school. And it's old school. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I was at a point where like life's too short. Like I don't want to go, you know, anything happened at any point. I don't want to, I don't want to say that I never said I love you to my dad, yeah. you know, but we are, we are good. We are good now. And he's, he's fantastic to talk to. He's a lot of fun. You know, when I'm back in BC, we hang out, we, we drink, we, you know, do darts. He's, he's <laughs> such a fun character. And I see a lot of myself in, um, I see a lot of him in myself now that I'm spending more time with him. Yeah. And uh, a lot of positives, a lot of negatives too. <laughs> but that's a lot where of I got po- that from. yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's where it yeah, is. Yeah, but like the full head of hair, like the skin. I'm like, thanks, Dad. You know, <laughs> the Asian, the Asian gene. Um, yeah, but uh, all that to say, like that obviously was a shitty time for both of us. Um, and no shade to him. Like, obviously, like I said, he was probably going through something. You know, hard, hard times. And uh, and he was going through fatherhood for the first time. He too. was going through fatherhood with two teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know, living out of his house, he was probably just super upset, right? And um, you know, you gotta you gotta take it from his perspective too. You can't just think it from your own. But um, yeah, it was that was a hard time for both of us. And but I'm 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 extremely happy that we're both in a good place now. Yeah. Is there anything that your father? that you've learned from your father directly or indirectly that, or even from your stepfather mm-hmm. or from your grandfather yeah. who seemed to have played such a huge role in your life. Mm. Have you learned anything from these three men that you now apply as a father yourself? Man, I think, I think my grandfather, um, taught me the most, like I taught myself how to shave, you know, like m- not to again my dad did his role my stepdad did his role very thankful for both of them and what they did but my grandfather for some reason during that summer had the most impact on me on like becoming becoming a man yeah let's say you know i was like i was 13 14 so hardly a man but like the lessons of like language using proper language uh to speak to your like your self-talk and just your day-to-day language is is huge um you know the big one was was don't say i'm worried to say i'm concerned (laughs) which i still use to this day um how come why why concerned over worried worried makes it more like more anxiety based Hmm. concerned is like i'm gonna figure out a solution to this we're like i like that i'm worried about this no, I'm I'm concerned about this. How can we fix this? Yeah. I'm concerned about it. Like, what's the solution here? So that's such a small difference that can make a, a huge yeah difference. huge <laughs> impact, right? It's yeah. the, it's the language, man. Language is 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 big. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So, your grandfather, your stepdad, your dad, and now you being a father. Mm-hmm. Um. Your brother, a father as well? No, okay. no, not yet. We'll see. um having that circle of men around you Mm -hmm. um do you still lean into them for guidance for advice do you lean into them when life is throwing you a curveball of some kind no okay short answer i uh i could maybe uh reach out to my grandfather a little bit more maybe but um yeah, the family dynamic is just 
is not I don't feel like I can okay mm -hmm. yeah I don't think I'll get the answers that I'm looking for mm. yeah which could be a generational thing too yep, in some absolutely. Ways. yeah absolutely yeah yeah like I know when I have conversations with my father my father um I'm very fortunate he was the type to tell me he loved me as a kid Amazing. But I also know that he had his limitations. He mm -hmm. came from a, a he, he fled a civil war. Mm -hmm. So like his dad was kidnapped. And so like he yes. didn't grow up with a father. So right. he was learning fatherhood with me. Right. And so my relationship with my father is more almost friends than father son. Okay. Okay. Because he didn't know how to apply, mm -hmm. you know, like this is how you offer guidance and advice, but it's not for fault. It's for I just didn't know how to do that. Right. So today we have these conversations where we're kind of learning from each other. But I also know, similar to what you were saying, there are some things that my father simply would not be able to give me the answer I'm right. looking for. I would have to seek that out in a close, you know, a close friend, mm -hmm. my partner, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a cousin, podcast. a podcast <laughs> from Tyler. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's so many different outlets now that we're also afforded that we can yeah. go to and having that circle of friends and companions around mm -hmm. you is so important. Yep. Um, yeah. And being able to have those conversations also gives you that outlet. So you're not bottling everything that's true. up inside. No, that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Do you think you said your, your father, you're more friends than father, son. What's the biggest difference between those two? Like, do you think that's better that you're more closer as friends than than a father and son relationship? I don't I don't understand the difference, so I don't know if this is even a. That's a great question. Um, welcome to the Tyler Shaw podcast, everybody. We should bring those in. <laughs> um, you know what? That's a great question. I think my relationship with my father has always been. He'll show me. He's shown me love. He's shown me kindness. Mm -hmm. um, we watched hockey growing up together. We watched action movies. We, you know, we did fun things. Mm -hmm. But when it came, I think what I was looking for that my father has admitted he struggles with at times was moments in my life where I've made decisions that when I look back on, I'm like, man, I could have used advice there. Mm. I could have used when I came home one day and said, hey, I'm going to try this, yeah. you know okay, but if you're going to try this, you know, just be mindful of right. ABC right. or, you know, just be careful. Right. And it, again, it wasn't, it's not like he didn't say these things because he didn't care. He just didn't have the words for right. them. Right. Right. Yeah. Because he didn't, he never had that. True. So he didn't even know how to yeah. do that. Yeah. And he's, he's learning that even now as he gets older and older. And it's going to continue like that. Like exactly. the older you get, the older he gets, like it's just a, uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a and so experience. I always say to myself one day when I'm, if I'm lucky enough to have a, a, a kid, that's going to be the thing that I do that I wasn't afforded. Right. Again, not because he didn't try, but it just never happened. Yeah. And it's the ability to offer advice. Mm -hmm. But there's also something about being friends with your dad mm -hmm. that actually makes it easier to have conversations with him. True. There's, a, tr there's a trust there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. In the same way you confide in your friends yep. and your buddies about things, yeah. the ability to go to your dad and be like, hey, dad, you know what? I'm thinking of doing this. Yeah. Or... Like, I just want to laugh. I just want to shoot the shit. Yeah. You know, kind of yeah. like what you're saying. Like, you go, you play darts, you have yeah, exactly. like stuff like that. Like, yeah, there's that's true. that element of a relationship mm -hmm. with your father is super important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that can carry a, a relationship forward in a lot of ways.
Love that. Yeah. I'm happy for you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the question. I've never been asked that. <laughs> there you go. There you go I love being on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So what do you got going on? You, you're touring. Touring. Got a Christmas tour. Holidays are 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 here. Yes. I, crazy I'm, time of year for you. It's pretty crazy. I'm I'm basically on the road, uh, in and out um, from home. Obviously, when I can get back until December 21st. Okay. Um, right up to Christmas. Right up to Christmas, yeah. and then I'm I'm pretty much back for like a three solid. Uh, for three solid weeks um, and then I kick back things uh, second week of January okay. things start going again when does the Toronto stop? Sunday I don't know when this is going to be aired but Sunday November 26th so okay. like this Sunday so like this yeah. Sunday yeah a few days like three <laughs> days away yeah, yeah. Um, uh, let me know if you guys want to come to the show by the way we'll figure something oh, out I appreciate that um, yeah, so right up until Christmas, and then I'm working on new music. And this music, man, is uh, obviously I'm biased. I, I wrote it, <laughs> but like it, it's it's stuff that I've always wanted to do, but I never got the chance to do. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense? Like backstory is like my influences of music growing up in my songwriting when I first started songwriting in like when I was 13 years old, I was listening to like punk rock kind of stuff uh and a little bit of like heavy metal um tool raise against the machine mm-hmm. mayday parade blink 182 some 41 yeah, yeah. green day like all of that stuff i was great like, bands e- like heavy into it yeah. and then you know fell into michael buble and and mm-hmm. jack johnson jason Mraz, like that easy acoustic listening stuff so now here going into 2024 i've created this this bundle of music that's very rock inspired okay and it's so much fun it's so (laughs) much fun to like play record Mm -hmm. write and play i haven't played them live yet but i can only imagine how it would go live um i've played one song that i released back in september called out of sight it's kind of like that's the entry point of what the album's kind of going to be sounding like um and it's, it's so much fun it's so much fun man yeah, I'm going to be releasing a song uh, of you guys, the exclusive. It's called Back to Me. And it's all about getting back to your real self. Mm. Like when you go through this journey of, of your early 20s, your mid-20s, your 20s in general, um, you're kind of exploring everything, all these avenues, and you don't know who you are. You're trying to find yourself and and all that. So I wrote this song about that journey and getting back to your true self and like understanding who you are as a person and it's it's such a fun song to listen to and it's it's hopeful and it's inspiring so i'm really excited to release that one in january yeah congrats on everything you're doing thank you congrats on being a father for the second time thank you and uh we're rooting for you man you're doing great stuff and (laughs) and mad respect for for trying to balance life and being so humble about it um, and doing it as honestly and openly as possible. So, thank you guys. Uh, what's your wife's name? Alex. Alex, you're a hero. She really <laughs> is. She really is. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. Um, and, and the yeah. in laws, too, to be honest. And the in-laws, like, that's, yeah. Yeah. yeah but, Tyler, huge. listen, thank you so much for coming through. Really yeah. appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Of course. And uh, we're going to be cheering you on, man. Thank you. Enjoy Thanks, guys. Home. Enjoy the trip home, man. Thanks. Enjoy the trip. <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Thanks.